0: No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today as we're going to help you get your house in order with Attorney Brown. We're talking asset protections. Listen, every time she comes, I don't know what I don't know until she comes and shares this with me. We began our conversation with her so many months ago, and we thought we didn't have anything to consider when when we are planning uh, an estate because I thought that was this major thing, this big thing that had nothing to do with me. I wasn't in the bracket of income to consider that, but she's shown us that we have so much, even if we think we don't, that we need to consider. And there are so many details in life. You want to get your pen and paper out because she's going to let us know who needs to be concerned when it comes to asset protection. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
1: Dread removing your makeup at the end of the day? Do you have to scrub with harsh chemicals that cause dry skin and wrinkles? Say goodbye to all that and stop spending money on makeup removal products. Introducing Makeup Eraser, a patent-pending, luxurious, soft cloth that removes all makeup, even waterproof, using just water. For less than $20, you receive a chemical-free, reusable, machine-washable makeup eraser. No more stained linens safe for all skin types, and makes a great gift for anyone who wears makeup. Get yours today at MyMakeupEraser.com and give us a like on Facebook. Search Makeup Eraser by Lisa. Are you looking for free, full-length LDS movies with no strings attached? then mormonflix.com is a site for you. With LDS movies, music, and more all free, mormonflix.com is the place where Christians can go and watch movies that are wholesome, funny, and perfect for the whole family. Go to mormonflix.com, click on the movie that you want, and watch. All videos are streaming through third-party links with no downloading at all. Find them on Facebook and Twitter, mormonflix.com, for free, wholesome entertainment.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. Today we are getting your house in order with Attorney Marjorie Brown. Attorney Brown is coming to share with us about asset protection on today. Now, I never know, Attorney Brown, if this is going to be something that I need to be concerned with or not, and I know today you're going to clear that up, but I know you always bring me something I did not know I didn't <laughs> know, which I guess is part of educating, right? <laughs> Yes, it is, yes, it is, all well, right.
2: today, well, yeah, we I say today, yeah, we are going to be talking about asset protection, so uh, everybody,
0: get ready, all right, and I you know and and for those of us who said we don't really have anything you i've just i challenged them to sit tight because you always prove us wrong when we think we don't have anything worth protecting or we don't have anything worth putting in a wheel or we don't have an estate, or we just don't think we have anything and no matter how little we think we have, you always show us that it's important to um, be mindful of every detail, to, you know, make sure that we are doing what's right by ourselves and our loved ones. So over to you, and pen and paper is out, because I know I'm about to learn something. <laughs> I know I
2: am. Well, you know, a lot of people, when they think about assets, they're mainly thinking about property and all those other type of things. But I divide assets kind of into two different categories, because... Our loved ones are, I think, in my opinion, our most valuable asset. And so I start with how do you protect that particular asset? How do you protect your loved ones? And so we're going to start talking about that. Um, and I and I look at that and I'm talking about that more in the realm uh, of my elder law side of practice as well as with um, disabled individuals. Because okay. you know we, we we're thinking about how can I how can I provide for this person how can I take care of this person and you know one of the things we think about is our insurance policies and you know bank accounts and you know our retirement accounts and things like that so in trying to protect you know if you've got you know your husband or your wife or even you know a child who may be disabled you you're, you're going to make them a beneficiary so if you've got an insurance policy a life insurance policy you're going to make you know let's just say we're talking about You know, a wife, she makes her husband her beneficiary. The husband makes his wife his beneficiary in case something happens to either one of them. Well, okay, well, you know, we all know, if you've been listening, I like talking of stories. And, you know, this week's story is pertaining a particular phone call. And this was the child of a, I have to say, former client of mine whose dad was in assisted living and was on medicaid so you know we'd gotten qualified for medicaid everything's taken care of and in going through things with 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 the wife we saw okay she's got the husband down here as the beneficiary of her life insurance policy she's got her accounts and um on they're considered called pay on death accounts and i'll explain that in a little bit and so we told her okay, you need to change these things because if something were to happen to you and this money goes to him, it's going to disqualify him. And she said, okay, I'm a, I'll am get that taken care of. I'll get that taken care of. So, you know, she goes out, and not even a month later, she's gone. And I didn't even know what had happened, and it was the, the daughter who called me and told me that she had passed away. And in my expressing sympathy for her, you know, I reach over and I'm talking and I grab the file and I'm looking and I see these insurance policies and the bank accounts and everything, and I think, oh, my Lord, please tell me she got this changed. And so trying not to alarm because, you know, the the the, the child's concern is, okay, well, my dad is here. How do we make sure that, you know, nothing happens with his Medicaid? Okay, well,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Did Do you know if your mother ever changed beneficiaries on any of her policies or anything? No, I've got the policy right here, and it's still my dad. Oh, okay. Well, you know, in protecting your loved one, in protecting that particular asset, you got them qualified for Medicaid, you got them the care that you needed, but you didn't take that last step, that last step to protect them. And that's in changing your beneficiaries, changing your accounts, and changing your will. So how do you protect them? By making these changes. So we talk about your your life insurance policies. If your spouse or if you've named a child who is disabled and and may have Medicaid, if you've named them your beneficiary, you need to change that. If they have Medicaid, you need to change that. Because them receiving a lump sum of, sum of money can disqualify them for Medicaid.
0: Wow. If
2: they don't know what needs to be done with it, if they don't get in and talk to somebody, how can I what can I do with this? What can I, how can I how can I take care of this money? You have ten days from the moment that this person receives the money to spend it down. And after that tenth day, they lose their Medicaid. So wow. you make those so you make those changes to those uh Life insurance policies to your retirement accounts, those type of things. If you have children, you can name them. Um, we'll talk a little bit about trusts and things like that, but that's you know another I'll say possibility, but but there are other there, there are things that you need to do, okay, to ch- change that. Then we talk about accounts, bank accounts. They set up, you know, you can have joint accounts, but the way they're set up these days, and we encourage people to do this, is make sure they're they are called pay on death accounts. And pay-on-death accounts means that it doesn't have to go through that whole probate process. As soon as the other person on the account passes away, it automatically becomes the property of the second-named person on the account. So pay-on-death accounts, if you've named your spouse again who has Medicaid and they're on that account, you need to change that because... Again, that was another question I had was how much is in the bank because she passed away on Sunday. We have 10 days to spend some of this money to get it below that limit for Medicaid. So we talk about, so you've got your insurance policies. We talk about your bank accounts. And then we talk about your will. A lot of times a husband and wife, they'll do, we call them I love you will is I leave everything to my husband, I leave everything to my wife. And if the other one dies before me, then it goes to my kids. That's your basic standard, I love you, Will. Well, Uh you know, that's great. You know, you're saying I love you by leaving you everything, but I may hurt you by leaving you everything. If I don't have anything else in the will, and, you know, uh, we call them like a, a supplemental needs trust that's included in the will to take care of this person so they don't actually receive the things that I've left them, (laughs) you know, they do, but they don't, then you've hurt them. So you're not protecting your assets this way, your loved one, you're hurting them. So your will, you need to take a look at your will too. That even includes if you have a child who's disabled. Uh It may even be if you have any other relative that you've named in your will who's disabled. If you have another relative that that you've named on your insurance policies or your retirement accounts, who's disabled and on Medicaid, you're not protecting them. You're not protecting this treasured asset right here. You're hurting them. And um, unless they're able to get into somebody who knows what to do with what they've got in order to protect them, you know, to to keep that Medicaid going, they've lost their Medicaid. So that's the first asset I'm talking about is your loved one.
0: Wow. So, who do you think is? The, is there a certain class of people that are more at risk in this particular scenario?
2: No, there isn't. Uh, that okay. uh, if you if you have if you have life insurance, and a lot of people do, you know, if you have a life insurance policy, and you've got somebody named as that beneficiary, how's their health? And if their health declines and they are on medicaid and you know uh, then you need to make a change and you need to make a change not tomorrow not next week when i get around to it you need to make a change today because you don't know what tomorrow holds or next week holds you need to make a change today so there there is no particular class of people if you know if you have a retirement account if you've been working and you've been putting money aside if you have a bank account and it's a joint bank account with somebody and it is a pay on death account. And a lot of people will try to make sure, like I said, their accounts are pay on death accounts because otherwise you've got to wait for it to go through the whole probate process for the estate. And it could take, you know, up to maybe a year before they're able to access those funds. So they make them pay on death accounts again you take a look at the health of the person that you've named as a beneficiary that you've named as your as a joint account holder that you've named in your will if they at any point in time have to start receiving medicaid for their care you need to immediately make a change in order to protect them wow. so that's the that's the that's the my number one asset, I will say, that that I look at uh, is is your loved one, and how do you protect them? Mm-hmm. So what? So what are we doing? We are looking at ways on, you know, and and this isn't the first time this has happened, you know. In this in in my practice, we've you know, a sibling left his sister, you know, he left her twenty five thousand dollars. Everybody would go, oh wow, yay! No, she'd been on Medicaid yeah. for fifteen years and she was going to lose it. Now you need to know the legal ways that you can spend this money down. The proper ways in order to be able to protect your Medicaid status. Mhm. And so, and there are different things out there that you can do and you just need to make sure that you go and see somebody who knows what needs to be done.
0: Wow. Now, do you think that things are set up in such a way? Because you said this person had Medicaid or Medicare. Yes, Mm
2: hmm. Medicaid.
0: Medicaid. Medicaid. Medicaid.
2: You know. Okay.
0: Do you think things are set up to where it keeps this person on the public assistance? Because that's, that's what I'm thinking, I'm hearing. Because, yeah, I would have said, yay, $25,000, but then that's going to mess up Medicaid, which I think is that. Medicare.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. Okay, Medicare is what you basically people apply for once they turn. Um, is it, I think it's sixty-sixty-five. Okay, uh-huh. that's Medicare. Medicaid is that care that you need. You know, if you need skilled nursing, uh, which can cost up to ten thousand dollars a month, seven to ten thousand dollars a month, or assisted living, which can cost between five and seven thousand dollars a month, or in-home care. Or what we have now are waiver programs. One of them is called PACE, where it's more like adult daycare. Things like that, mm-hmm. where you're needing additional care, Yeah. And the state, and and if you if you meet the financial requirements, then you qualify for it. You qualify for this state, or I'll say we'll say federal, but it's all but it's a federal program, but it's a state program. You qualify for this benefit, and so then the state comes in and pays for your skilled nursing where Mm -hmm. you're not having to, you know, come up with $10,000 a month for your skilled nursing. However, once you lose your Medicaid, the facility is looking to you for that $10,000 for that month of care or two months of care because once you are able to spend that money down and then reapply, you know, then you're in that reapplication process again, and we're waiting again. So, you, so do you, do you see how you can hurt somebody so much more because medi- Medicaid yeah. is a program for people who have the financial need. So not everybody right. has ten thousand dollars that they can pay. Yeah. So yeah. So Yeah, that mm-hmm. c-
0: that can go in one year, and then what happens? That so you may, you're just making it clearer for me. And then when I'm thinking okay. of Medicaid, you, you you expanded it for me because I'm just thinking of, you know, covering your kids for a, a doctor's visit or a dentist's visit, not thinking mm-hmm. of those, not knowing those other things that are covered under Medicaid. So, okay, that clears it up for me. Let's do this. Hey, that's- attorney Brown. Let's take a short break, but give your website and how people can get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said, and then we'll take a break and come back and talk some more. Okay.
2: Website is www.ncestatelawfirm.com, and you can reach me. The office number is 704-795-9455.
1: Indigo H2O is a wonderfully refreshing and tasty premium alkaline mineral water with a pH balance of 9.0. Why alkaline water? Alkaline water improves hydration and helps remove harmful toxins from the body. The presence of alkaline restores balance with acid waste, which helps improve resistance to disease. Alkaline water cleans the body's inner system, rejuvenates the skin, and helps food nutrients absorb more effectively. Do yourself a favor and purchase your Indigo H2O now at www.indigoh2o.com. Your body will thank you. Be the first to test this new mobile app called StoryBite. StoryBite is a mobile app that enables people like yourself to read and post creative stories in 100 words chapters. We need you to visit www storybite.uk right now sign up early to test this app it takes 20 seconds at uk. tweet us at storybiteuk sweet tea party rentals is a unique rental company specializing in gorgeous vintage tableware we offer heirloom teaware to create whimsical place settings for afternoon tea parties Bridal or baby showers, birthday parties, photo shoots, or any special occasion. We customize your tea party, so let us know your preferences. We have everything you need for your perfect tea party. Beautiful inventory of vintage teacups, saucers, tiered plates, dessert stands, and more. What's sweeter than a party? A sweet tea party, of course. Visit our website, www.sweetteapartyrentals.com. Marcus Jarvis Law Limited is a national and international business and immigration law firm. We assist our clients with family-based and employment-based visas. We assist clients in obtaining the following, work visas, green card, fiancé visa, and United States citizenship. We also assist with deportation, U-visa, T-visa, and V-A-W-A petitions. www.mjlawltd.com Attorney Jarvis wrote a number one Amazon bestseller book, A Simple Guide to Immigration Laws of the United States, What You Need to Know When You Come to America. www.a-tbooks.com Call 763-425-5447
4: I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. The government report says that the Chinese have repeatedly hacked into U.S. Airlines computers, which explains why every time I fly, the in-flight movie is one of Jackie Chan's. A nasty rumor falsely claims that Katherine Heigl exploded on the set of her new NBC series, State of Affairs, over the way that her butt appeared on camera. Well the National Enquirer alleges that the actress was reviewing footage shot for the show when she suddenly screamed at producers, look at how you filmed my butt! My rear end looks like the size of Nebraska! A source who works on the show says it is false. It's actually the size of Alaska. Pope Francis has been officially targeted by ISIS. But the Pontiff says he's not worried, he has protection from on high. That's right, he's hired Chuck Norris as a bodyguard. A mistake by workmen in Bristol, England has gone viral after painters managed to misspell the word bus on the road. Bup Stop was painted in large yellow lettering, B-U-P instead of B-U-S. It's assumed the painters are from America and recently graduated high school in Chicago. Ladies, if you're in the market to get hitched, find a short guy. A new study found short men marry later, make more money while in the relationship, and divorce less than their taller counterparts. Possibly because they can't see over their spouse's shoulders to eye other women. Lifetime television has found the voice for grumpy cat Aubrey Plaza. The actress behind Parks and Recreation's April Ludgate is set to voice the surly kitty in Lifetime TV's movie Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever about a pet store cat that is perpetually overlooked and the 12-year-old girl who can communicate with her. The TV movie will premiere on November 29th. Really? A grumpy cat movie? Is it any wonder the entertainment industry is losing money nowadays? I mean, it's bad enough that they've made movies based on board games like Battleship. Oh, that was awful. But now we're creating movies based on internet memes. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can get more weird news anywhere, anytime, with the new Daily Dose of Weird News app. You can download it for free at dailydoseofweirdnews.com. And I make this promise to you right now, no pics ever of Grumpy Cat.
0: Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We're getting your house in order with Attorney Marjorie Brown. And we've been talking about asset protection. And I've, before the break and, and t- during the break, I was thinking, Attorney Brown, about, what well, again, what we don't know, because I wasn't thinking of Medicaid covering so many things. And then that made that $25,000 that was left by the loved one shrink a whole lot. So, wow, that's all I have to say. Um, I'm always amazed. Uh, <laughs> I'm always amazed that what and, I don't know. and and
2: yeah and and and- well again, like I said, people think that they're that they are doing this to protect them, but they're not that's, that's a, when when circumstances change, you need to be on top of everything that you have, you need to know what you've got out there. Who you've got named as beneficiaries, and what needs to be changed because life happens, circumstances change, and in order to protect this particular asset, you need to change- make the changes with them, So that covers that whole issue, and you know and i, I didn't even think about you know i i i try and define stuff I didn't even go into you know medicaid, defining medicaid because medicaid when I'm talking about medicaid, I'm usually talking about Medicaid for uh, the aged, is what they call it, aged, blind, or disabled. Okay, Th- Those uh-huh. are the people that I'm primarily referring to. Those are the people where they can have individually um, you no know, more than $2,000 in the bank, I will say. Uh, and so if you're looking at paying 5000 or $10,000 a month, Medicaid is what you need in order to help you pay for your residential care in some of these facilities. So that's that's what I was referring to when I was talking about Medicaid as far as
3: mm-hmm.
2: how it can hurt them because, you know, you leave somebody $10,000, well, they've got to get rid of that fast, all of it. Leave somebody wow. $25,000, again, the same thing, 10 days, you've got to get rid of it fast. So you need to make sure that you talk to, as I said, talk to somebody who, who understands your state's medicaid laws and understands what you know they're able to do with those funds. So that's that the loved one assets that I was sort of talking about. But uh-huh. then we we're, we're going to go to the other asset that everybody else thinks about is that your property. You know what what am I at risk and what could be at risk? And you know, we look at in in my, in my field if you are your own business owner or a professional, um, even if you own a house, um, then you're at risk because you've got professional malpractice liability. You've got lawsuits by you know possible former business partners. Uh, you've got personal injury if it's if somebody gets hurt on your property. Uh, there's also personal injury from a car accident uh and then, if you sign on to be a guarantor as a debt for another, such as when you have a child that goes to college and they need a loan <laughs> and you oh. sign on as a guarantor <laughs> for their debt, yeah. <laughs> you know those are things, and so we look at we look at you know how do we protect our assets how do we protect- how do we protect our house you know if if our if Let's just say, you know, you've got a kid who is in a car accident and or even yourself or your spouse or, you know, and the person is suing you. Well, we take a look at everything that you have. What what do you have out there? Do you have your own business? Okay. Well, are they going to try and get the assets of your business, what you have in your business, your, you know, business property? How do we protect that? Then we, you know, if they're suing you for a car accident, well, is your insurance going to cover everything such that they can't take your house? You know, if they're suing you for $5 million for whatever may have happened, well, do you have $5 million of coverage? If you don't, then your insurance company is going to cover, assuming they get a settlement. Okay, understand that, for $5 million. Mm -hmm. Your insurance company is going to cover what your insurance company has. After that, they're going to look at your own personal property. And they're going to start coming after your house and other things that you have in order to pay the settlement. And so you you look at what you've got, and you think just you know look around the room that you're in, and how can I protect what I've got? If you are a business owner, then or a professional, or even a parent, you know. And I I, I deal with uh, quite a few parents who's again kids are sixteen, starting to drive. Oh my goodness! What do I need to do to protect what I've got 'cause I have got because i do not want to lose my house if if you know my my child does something you know stupid while they're driving or not paying attention and ends up injuring somebody or even worse, causes somebody's death, then we look at trust is usually the first thing that people will tend to look at, and trusts are their own little entity, their own little person, I will say, and we name your property. We create a trust and we name your house. We put your house in the name of the trust. We put, so it's not in your name anymore. We put your bank account in the name of the trust. It's not your bank account anymore. Now, while you control it, while you can write checks from your bank account and withdraw money from your bank account, uh, you can sell your house if you want to, it's... Not in your name, and understand I am oversimplifying trust for everybody. So just so we're okay. clear on that, I am so oversimplifying. I told another group one day who started asking me questions about trust, and I only had—I uh, think I had maybe an hour to talk—and I told them I, that's not enough time to explain trust. That's its own law school course. So, wow. so I am over. I, so when I say that I am oversimplifying, I am oversimplifying trust. So there's so much more to it, but. You put your property into this this being this trust, and it's no longer in your name. So if you do get sued, well, I don't have a house because it's in the trust, and I don't I don't have a bank account because it's in the name of the trust, and I, I know I don't I don't have a car. You know <laughs> you know anything right, that we get right, right. title in the name of the trust, then it's in the name of the trust. And so you're protecting what you have. So you look around, you know, you look around the room, you look around your house, you know, where you are, what you drive, what you ride, and think, how do I protect this from something? And what's the best way? And so that's that's one of the best ways that people do. And when I say I'm oversimplifying trust, there are different types of trusts out there. Okay, and we don't just say okay, put it in a trust. No, we need to know your specifics. We need to know what's going on with you. We need to know everything so that we know the right type of trust to put things in. And there are people who come in and say, "I want, uh, I want to, I want to start a trust." Well, my question, my first question, is why? You know, it's not a matter of okay, sure. No, I need to know why. Why are you doing this? Because One, you may not need it, and they're not inexpensive uh, for somebody to draft a trust. Two, um, that may not be the right kind of trust for you. And three, because of your health situation, this may not be the right time to do it. It may be too late to put things into a trust at this point in time. So. The first question your lawyer should ask you if you come if you say I want I want to do a trust is why and if you say because I heard Attorney Marjorie Brown on the radio say I need a trust, <laughs> um, then the, the the next question should be that still doesn't answer my question. What are you trying to do? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? Why do you want to do this? And uh-huh. then we go from there and find out what's the best fit for you for a trust. And a lot of people have uh you know. Trouble giving up control over things. mm mm-hmm. um, And, because what, and you, because what
0: you're saying is I have access to it. You know what, and that someone just in general conversation um, of talking about things like this, we didn't know, we were just talking, nobody's qualified necessarily, but um, someone says, well, you know, I want my name on things, and the other person in the conversation says, well, I don't need to, I just need access to it. So... That's what it's reminding me of if the person – and that, that sounds like it would be like an ego thing, too. I need to have my name on something. So if you're giving up control, is that what you're saying? The person, if their name isn't on it, they're necessarily giving up control? Because that's what came to mind when you said that.
2: And and there's a yes and no to that one. Um, you know, my, my husband last keep on saying it depends. Well, it depends. It depends on the kind of trust. Um, there's one trust that's out there it's called um there's a different a couple of different names, it's called a living trust or a revocable trust. Well with that type of trust, you can put things in it, you can take it out. You know, you can you okay. can it's up to you. You know, if I put it in there and I said I don't want it in the trust anymore, I want my name back on it, you can take it out and put your name back on it. Okay. Um, those, you know, again, I need to know more details about what you're trying to accomplish because It may cause more problems to do it that way, but, again, because, like like I said, I'm oversimplifying things, okay? But there's that type of a a trust. And then there's another trust that's out there called an irrevocable trust. What that means is once you put it in there, you can't take it out. And not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do that. And, you know, and and I have discovered that that's something that is broken down by – that's broken down by many lines gender, ethnicity and age as to who is able to do that. Because a lot of people don't like the thought that I you mean I can't I can't get my stuff anymore, you know, if I put if I put my bank account in there I can't take it out. No, if you put if you put it in a revocable trust, it's it is in there for good. It's in there basically until you pass on. Wow, and then the next step of that trust comes in, so again, like I said, we need to know the why, and we need to know what's going on so that we know what's the best solution for you and 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 literally, you know sometimes that may not be the best thing now, sometimes people
0: mhm, I have a question for you with um this coming up um someone wants to know well- why wouldn't someone decide to put things? why would they decide to put things in a trust versus just filing bankruptcy where they would still get to keep the assets but they no. don't have to um pay anymore
2: no no i'm not talking about bankruptcy at all understand that um because if you're in the process of having to file bankruptcy then it's too late okay um okay. if it, i'm talking about i'm talking about protecting your assets from life situations. Now yes, you can protect them from creditors if it's in a trust. But if you are establishing a trust just to avoid bankruptcy and you're your you know, your debt situation is already, you know, um on shaky grounds and you're mm-hmm. already in the process of needing to file for bankruptcy. Now I don't do bankruptcy law but I don't believe that you can do that because they will look at that as, as a way of trying to hide assets. Kinda of, sort of like with uh Medicaid, which is why I find out What's going on in your life and how's your health? Because Uh uh, Medicaid looks at that the same way. If you're trying to create a trust, they look back five years, everything with Medicaid that you've done for the past five years. And Uh if you've created a trust in the past five years, then they're looking at that kind of sort of like if you do a living trust, well, number one, they say that's still your property. But two, if you do an irrevocable trust, then they're thinking you're trying to hide property in order to qualify for Medicaid. So uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
2: there's a point where it's just too late to do some of these things, depending okay. upon what's going on in your life.
0: So I know you were um, mentioning it just a moment ago, but when, when is the right time for us to look at um, asset planning and what is that process like? That's another question I have sent to me.
2: When is the right time? There is no, there is no exact right time. You know, If you have... A child who's about to turn sixteen and start driving, we have people coming then because they're worried about what's gonna happen when they're driving. If you have you know if you are i don't know you know in in your in your forties, I will say, and you're looking further ahead in life and wondering, okay, well, I've seen with my parents that we had had to do Medicaid and everything else. Let me go ahead and get some things set up now such that you know, if I need Medicaid 20 years from now, then everything's been set up. It's way past that five-year period, you know. So we don't have to worry about that. So we 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 love it when people pre-plan. We do a lot of emergency planning, you know, having to take care of things now in order to get somebody qualified for Medicaid now. But uh, uh-huh. that's for the pre-planning. So you have to take a look at, at your future, I will say, and what's going on now and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And that will decide whether or not, Now's a good time. And and it doesn't, at least for me, it doesn't cost to, uh, you know, come in and talk so we can figure out what is going on and see what is the best move for you
0: now, can you? it may or may not. Can hmm? you protect things? You're bringing up other questions. Can you protect things that you're planning to do in the future through asset protection as we're getting ourselves ready? Or do you have to already have the items that you're wanting to protect?
2: Well, no. If you already have the trust set up, and let's just say you already, you know, 10 years ago you set up a trust and you're buying a, a house today. Well, you just put that house in the name of the trust, so it's already there. The trust was already created. So it's not like you're giving stuff away. Okay. okay? So it's just it's, when was that trust created? That's what we're looking at.
0: Oh, okay. So you So today, right now, someone – Given, once I sit down with you, I don't want to make it too blanket or like this, but let's say today I'm in the right position to start a trust. I don't necessarily have to have stuff to go in that trust, but I just need to have the trust open, yeah?
2: Right, and usually uh, when we set up a trust, you fund it with a whopping $10 because, yeah, that's what you do.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, and then later on, so, so let's say today I open the trust and then next year I purchase a home, I can put it in the trust. Yes, mm-hmm, because the trust, yes. Okay, sure then can. a couple of years later, I've purchased, you know, I have another property or something, I put that in a trust.
2: Right, Hmm. but again, okay, but I have to say this, first. we're oversimplifying, we're oversimplifying okay. it, but yes is my answer.
0: Okay, okay. All right, just get, just to get an idea about that, because in my mind, as you were talking, I was thinking everything's happening together. Okay, I go buy this house, and now I, now I go get a trust. But I need to have the trust first.
2: Yeah, you can, yes. Yeah, so, and, because, and I say that simply because it's a whole lot easier to, if you already have the trust, to when you buy the the you know the particular item to go ahead and title it in the name of the trust, than to go buy it and then have to retitle it in the name of the trust. You know, you okay. buy a house, you put it in your name, and then you know, two years later or next month or whatever, you say, go wait, I, I need it now. I need to go put it in the name of the trust. Now you need to go and pay another fee for somebody to drop another deed to retitle it. Whereas okay. if the trust is already in being when you make this purchase, then it just you title it in the name of that trust. Okay. Okay. Cool. That clears it up. Good. Okay. All
0: right.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and trust, like I said, trust in and of itself—that's a that is its own law school class, uh, <laughs> because it's 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 that detailed. It is that detailed. Detailed, and I am. I am so oversimplifying it. Um, mm-hmm. And each state has its own laws regarding trust and what you can and can't do. So you need to make sure that depending upon the state that you're in that you see somebody who knows what they're doing with trust because we also have what's called out there, I told you before, in a in a will, you could have a supplemental trust or a special needs trust. And the purpose of those is for those people who are disabled or um, aged or blind or who are on Medicaid because it allows you to funnel the the funds that you want to towards them, but somebody is managing it for them, taking care of it for them. Mm -hmm. And they're able to pay for things for them. And make sure they don't go over that two thousand dollar limit that they that is there for a um for an individual okay so that that's the whole that's 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 the whole point in, um of those types of things and for special needs trust you need to make sure that the person that you're going to truly knows special needs trust because if it's done wrong again that whole issue about asset protection you've now hurt them wow yeah yeah okay okay so That's so good. again oh. yeah and 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 there's 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 again when i look at assets i look at the loved ones as an asset and i look at your property as an asset mhm uh-huh. and to see what's the best way to take care of either one and to me, the number one asset that you need to protect is your loved one, and how do you protect them the best? Okay. Okay. Wow.
0: So there. So there's two categories, or do we have more? Because I'm, I'm I'm able to wrap my mind around my loved one, making sure that they um, are not being hindered or hurt by me thinking I'm leaving them, you know, something in my will or whatever or leaving them some benefit after I'm gone, as well as our, our – our, and I would call them assets because you know that's what we're going to do, our houses or property or whatever that we have. So I can wrap my mind around that a lot better now. But I didn't think of loved ones as the asset, like the benefits and stuff that I would leave them and how I, – I just didn't. I didn't. I can't even explain why I didn't. I just didn't. I didn't know. But as far as, like, property and stuff like that, that's what I was thinking initially when we started the conversation So Mm -hmm. do you have more for me that I need to be learning about? I
2: think I got those. Okay, good. The one other thing um, that I wanted to touch on, and this is a combination of loved ones and property, okay? Okay. And our zeal um, to take care of our loved ones. Let's just say that you have, you know, you're trying to take care of your mother at home. And you go and you investigate different companies coming out to take care of her and they give you these prices and then somebody says well you know i i've got to, i've got you know i i can help you out i i'll take i'll i'll keep an eye on your mom for this much okay well okay here's my problem with that one again this is protecting your assets your house and your loved ones okay or your personal property or your property and your loved ones when you go with a company okay they have one, done a criminal background check on each individual that comes into your house. And number two, each individual that comes into your house is covered by their insurance company. And lastly, they're bonded. And they're bonded as well. Okay. Okay. When you get you know, someone from down the street or even someone who works for that company says, I'll do it but not underneath the company. Okay. My concerns there, okay, are number one, granted they still have that criminal background check, which is great because they came from that company, although they're not working for you under that company, okay? But number two, they're not bond- they're not bonded. And number three, they're not covered by their company's insurance. So we're going to fall into that if somebody gets hurt on your property type of a thing. If somebody's visiting and you get hurt, your homeowner's policy will cover that. If somebody is working for you at your house and they get hurt, well, they're going to presume, number one, this person has insurance to cover them.
3: Uh-huh. But if
2: they don't have insurance to cover them, your homeowners may not cover everything that this person may need because they were working for you at the time. And uh-huh. you don't have coverage. Most most homeowners policies don't cover employees who get hurt on your property. So, when when this person is trying to, you know, lift your mom and, you know, transfer her from the chair to the tub and they hurt their back, and they can't work. They're going to sue you because their companies, their company's, the their company's insurance. Is, hmm.
0: That's a risk. I'm we're sorry, taking. I didn't hear you. Exactly, I was
2: that's the that's risk the that you're risk taking. We're taking. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is that that is the risk that you're taking. They may cost less, but they may cost you more in the end. And so, you know, given my druthers, number one, you go with a company. Because, again, like I said, the criminal background check, they're bonded, and their insurance covers them if they get hurt. That's, your, that's my first choice. If you
0: have mm-hmm. to
2: and have no other choice because of finances, if you go with somebody who at least works for a company and they're doing it for you on the side, at least you know there's a criminal background check. At least you know that. If they work for this company even though they not may not be working for you under the umbrella of this company at least you know they've got a criminal background check now as far mm-hmm. as if you know as far as them being bonded nope that's not going to happen as far as them being covered by the company's insurance that's not going to happen and you're right that's a risk you take okay but okay. getting you know somebody who knows somebody down the street now you're putting your loved ones at risk Because you don't know this person You don't know their background You're putting your Property at risk Because they're not bonded And if they hurt themselves They're going to sue you
0: And if they take something There's no guarantee to get it replaced
2: There there is no
0: guarantee Because well
2: you're going to have to file a criminal report You know You'll have to um, call the police and file a police report But and then that's on your insurance policy and your premiums go up because you got somebody in your house who stole stuff. You know? So, again. <laughs>
0: that <laughs> again, sounds fun. I, mean, know. I, know I'm, I know we're laughing, but, I mean, that that's what happens when we yes. choose. And a lot of times we're thinking we're saving money. And we've talked about this with purchasing life insurance policies. Well, we don't need it. Well, we're all going to die one way or another. You don't get out of this life alive. So we won't buy insurance policy because we are saving money. Um, we, you know, somebody would choose to have someone not with an agency to care for a loved one because they're saving money or they think that, and they don't know. So I know this may be a little bit off the topic for the person who's thinking, you know, well, I was thinking I'd get, you know, Susie down the street, you know, we've known her, she's a neighbor, but she's not with a company and it'll save us some money and it's convenient, whatever reasoning they come up with. How can I, you know, look for a better option? Because if my mind is thinking, let's go with I don't know what can be covered or what help is out there for me, I would probably choose Susie as opposed to looking to see what else is out there. And I'm busy and, and you know, just a whole lot going on, you know. So what what is something, for those that are listening who may be in a situation or know someone in a situation, what can we tell them? You know, how do they – get an agency because the first thing people are thinking is it costs too much money. I know what this attorney is saying is the right thing, but I don't have the money.
2: You know, and you don't know. You really don't know what that you don't have the money for it until you talk to somebody. How do you find out? There there are different there are different companies out there that help you with um they they're, they help a lot with placement. Um they do help a lot with placement. But um The internet, you know, that's one of the places that you can start by looking in your area. Look for aging services in your area. Look for senior services in your area. Um, If your county has a senior services website, take a look at that because they may be able to refer. Uh, You can talk to your doctor while you're there and find out. Hey, do you know of any of these places? And a lot of doctors' offices will have brochures from these places from a lot of these companies as well. Um, Uh You can, you can, you know. Ask if you know somebody who's got somebody coming in. Well, how, where did you get them from? How do you know where they where? Where they, you know? And if they say, "Oh, so and so down the street," move on. Move um, on. <laughs> 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 real quick, real move, quick. Yeah, now, really, really, really do move on. Uh, but it in the care of your loved ones, it is going to take a little bit of legwork, and sometimes you can, you know, make one stop shopping and call one person, and say, "Can you give me?" Uh, give me some names. And, you know, if it's it's an elder law firm, hopefully they will have the names of some companies that you can call that you can at least get some ideas from. And then you can go from there.
0: Okay. But just asking, because in the situation I would think of, too, is I see someone who has a care provider, and I'm wondering how can they afford that? Because we do that. We wonder. How can they afford that? How did y'all afford somebody to come in? And, again, if they say it's somebody down the street, run um, but right. if it, if they say, oh, we got through an agency, well, how did you do that? I'm, I'm not being funny, but I didn't think you could afford it, and I'm thinking it's expensive, and that opens up the conversation because, exactly. you know, you you don't know. You don't know.
2: And some people may have long-term care insurance. Some people may, you know, there there are lots of ways that people finance these things, and when you need to be able to finance, uh, we can come up with a lot of creative ways to finance some of these things.
0: There are uh-huh. different
2: benefits out there that people don't know that are available that you could utilize in order to pay for this care, and that's what we do.
0: All right. Well, I know our time is about up with you. I've enjoyed learning yet again. Um, I just—it's just amazing what because when we started, I know we started. I say this every time. But we started with you know my dad passing away and not having a will and not having insurance, all of that. And so many things have come out of that. There's a lot of things my dad didn't have and a lot of things that my mom who's still living doesn't have. And I'm really working on her. She she actually called me last week, and she wants to start the conversation that I wanted to start, that she didn't want to, <laughs> about end-of-life planning. But now she's warmed up to it. It's taken her some months, and we don't always have that time. But she's wanting to talk about it. But over the year, year, years, we've had you on um, just learning what I don't know and, and making sure that my last living parent has things in order. And even for my siblings, they may think, oh, I'm young and I still have plenty of time. But continuing to look at those things, and even with dating, that's one of the first conversations I'm having. And so if that creeps the person out, I don't worry myself about that. But, you know, wanting to put it up front, we need to have these things in order, not for my benefit, and even mm-hmm. with my friends, I want to know, do you have these things in order for your children or for your spouse? You know, so just having these conversations. So, again, today I have more conversations to have. And what you've given us is a conversation starter, and then we can, you know, finish that conversation with you. And I know the time is wrapping up. I need you to get your information again so people can know who to talk to as opposed to getting information just from their friends in the street because we don't really know. We're speculating out here after we do a couple of Google searches. You know how that goes.
2: Yes, I do. Uh, and, and and I have to Google at times, too, to get some information. But if you need to reach me, uh, you're in North Carolina. I'm at www.ncestatelawfirm.com. That's, again, www.ncestatelawfirm.com. And you can reach me at the office at 704-795-9455. Again, 704-795-9455. And we welcome all calls.
0: All right, thank you so much, Attorney Brown. Until next time, okay? All right, all right. See you
2: next week.
0: <laughs> actually, actually, I know I need you to hold the line for the break. Okay, Attorney so can. And I say, woo! We learn something new every single time. I hope you take notes, and I hope you go back and listen to the archive over and over, so that You're able to get what you missed. We have so much of our own business to mind that if we did that, we wouldn't have time to bother with other people's business and gossip and things like that. But helping get your family's affairs in order is a huge job in itself. I'm just thinking if it's just one person. So if you have you, a spouse, children, aging parents, you have a tall task ahead of you. Well, I want you to definitely listen to this motivational clip, and I'll be right back.
5: There will never be a point in your, time, in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing is not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation.)
6: that a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing they stop wanting anything they they become satisfied people getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like jobs that are making them sick you see when you're not pursuing your goal you are literally committing spiritual suicide when you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for that takes you out of your comfort zone You'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the Messenger of Misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game?
5: There are things that you think you'll never need to know, that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge.
6: Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? you're waiting on
5: your next door neighbor to make it
6: happen for you, it may
5: not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just
6: are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to
5: be, if you don't have what you want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality.
6: Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them.
5: Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it.
6: The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon
5: question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout.
6: Obedience after obedience. Day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never, ever be successful until you turn your pain
5: into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of
6: your product. I I challenge you to push yourself easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today, is the only important
5: day there are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is worth deceiving who
6: you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm.
5: have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage
6: of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got to say that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it. if all that you dream and scheme is about, it, and life seems useless and worthless without it
5: Listen to me, you're gonna be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you gotta wanna succeed as bad as you wanna breathe.
4: Welcome to your Daily Dose of Weird News, I'm Darren Marlar. Well, in case you hadn't heard, this is Climate Change Week, and it's not too late to celebrate. You still have time to put up your climate change tree, shop for green gifts, and to have your children write a letter to Al Gore to say that they were good this year and that they deserve global warming gifts. Well, as part of Climate Change Week, thousands of people over the weekend gathered in New York to bring awareness about it flying and driving in from all over the country, which used fossil fuels, holding up plastic signs made of fossil fuels, and texting about it on their mobile phones, which use electricity which is generated from burning coal. Next year, you might consider battling climate change by staying home and turning off all your appliances and just sitting in the dark. Coinciding with Climate Change Week, Autumn its officially here, yay, so it's only fitting that Pumpkin Spice Oreos are making their debut this week. The, The tough part is carving the eyes and mouth and getting the candle in to make the cookie glow. Well, whenever autumn arrives, so does the flu. Yep, it's flu shot season already. And authorities are urging nearly everyone to get vaccinated, except those under six months of age. There's even a new high-dose version for people 65 or older. You'll want to stand in line early, though, as each location will have a new Obamacare death panel to determine whether or not your life is worth protecting. Sean, the shaggy Australian sheep, has at last been shorn smooth. But the wooly wanderer wasn't the wooliest of them all. The sheep apparently had been hiding for years on a farm on the island state of Tasmania and has never been shorn. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation reported that Sean lost 52 pounds of wool at his first haircut. Owners Peter and Nettie Hazel had hoped that Sean would beat a record held by a now-deceased New Zealand sheep named Shrek, which had 60 pounds of wool shorn off his body. Coming in a close second place is my friend Carl who uh, is Greek and lost 54 pounds when he shaved his back. Chelsea could be within the last week and a half of her pregnancy. Chelsea Clinton and her husband, Mark Mazvinsky, have been pretty tight-lipped about the pregnancy since it was announced in April. But proud grandfather-to-be Bill Clinton may have let a little news slip. He said during a Sunday CNN interview, I hope by the 1st of October, I'll be a grandfather. I can't wait. We're on watch now. Yeah, well, let's just hope he doesn't pass out cigars when the kid's born. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more weird news anytime, anywhere with the brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app, which you can download at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Get
3: that weird
0: Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear, or pain, or loss, or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, morning, how are you? Fine, thanks, in you? It's amazing, wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit, despite it all, black and white. Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed a celibate, we rise. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneeds 2 by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at wwwthisneeds 2 com. We'd love to hear from you.